January 9th, 2022 is a day that we are thankful and blessed that God rose us up to be able to see yet another day. Good morning and hey, 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 this is Crystal coming to you live podcasting from Crystal's Closet, a.k.a. Blessed Cuties. So on today, God led me to a scripture as well as a narrative story. And it's about a emperor moth, which is somewhat like a butterfly. But an emperor moth is a moth that has a larger set of wings. And of course, as the word emperor introduces what type of moth it is, it lets you know that it's a large moth. So the narrator is speaking about how nearly a year ago, this person, narrator, wrote about a flask-shaped cocoon of an emperor moth. It was a very peculiar in its construction. So he kept it as something to remember his actions and the actions of the moth. And I'm going to tell you why. In this narrative, the narrator is talking about how a narrow opening was left in the neck of the flask through which the perfect insect forces its way so that a forsaken cocoon is as entire as one still tenanted no rupture of the interfacing fabrics having taken place so nothing around it was broken it was just that one perfect opening for the moth to come forth out of the great disproportion between the means of egress and the size of the imprisoned insect makes one wonder how the exit is ever accomplished at all. And it never is without great labor and difficulty. Well, that kind of brings you into the mindset of a mother who's about to birth a child. Yet, there is labor. There is possibly difficulties. But there is a process. It is supposed that the pressure to which the moth's body is subjected in passing through such a narrow opening is a provision of nature for forcing the juices into the vessels of the wings. These being less developed 
at the period of emerging from the chrysalis than they are in other insects. Hmm. Well, it makes you wonder, okay, so now you have this moth that is trying to come forth out of a cocoon that is much smaller wrapped around its body than the body itself. Yet, the wings that is brought forth on the moth takes a larger flight of size once it emerges from the cocoon. But inside the cocoon, the wings are small. It is the juices from the body of the moth that spreads through the wings that enlarges the wings. So here the narrator says, I happened to witness the first efforts of my prison moth to escape from its long confinement. Now, when I was reading that, and I paid attention to the words that he chose when he says, my imprisoned moth. So it's letting me know that he claimed this creature. He made good of having it in his possession to observe. So sometimes I wonder why human beings have that same thought process in other things beside this particular moth. We have that same thought process when it comes to other people, uh, relationships, etc etc I mean uh, we can have that same thought process when it comes to a job or position children so once you get where I'm going it'll make you understand a little bit more about our thought process about certain things so here he says the first efforts of my prisoned moth to escape from its long confinement during a whole forenoon from time to time I watched it patiently striving and struggling to get out we've done that plenty of times we have observed certain situations where we're just trying to figure out when is it going to end when is it going to end we've watched movies we've watched uh, television shows. We've done a lot in this same mindset. Yet, some of us will become tired of the observation. So we'll either walk away or we'll dismiss it and forget about it. So here the narrator goes on to say, it never seemed able to get beyond a certain point, meaning the moth. And at last, my patience was exhausted. 
Well, I just spoke about that. Here we have again a lack of time of patience. And that is something that we all tend to carry in us, no matter what it is. Yet the lesson of the patience can sometimes give us a passing grade and many times it gives us a failing grade. And just wonder, what would it be like if God grew patience like that? If he just said, okay, I'm tired, I'm exhausted in allowing my child to get it right and they're just not getting it right. So I think I'm just going to let them go. I think I'm just going to go ahead and just dismiss them. What would we do if all of our errors and all of our efforts seem to exhaust God like that? Just wonder. So here the narrator goes to say, very probably the confining fibers were drier and less elastic than if the cocoon had been left all winter on its native heather. Hmm. There we go again. Now, now he's wondering, well, maybe I should have allowed this cocoon to be where it was supposed to be rather than capture it and bring it to my place of observation and allow it to come forth its natural way. So he says in here as nature meant it to be. At all events, I thought I was wiser and more compassionate than its maker. Hmm. And I resolved to give it a helping hand. Well, 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 well. Here we go with man's mindset of doing things. Here, he's acknowledging the fact that maybe I should have left it right there where it was supposed to be in nature's heather. And maybe I now should give it a helping hand. We've done that plenty of times as human beings. Even though God has put that situation right there in front of you, you, me, us, we have many times decided, well, let me see. I think I'm going to give God a helping hand because maybe he forgot about it or maybe he doesn't have time to speed things up. So we put our hands on it and we try to make good of something that God has already made good. But our patience wears weary of it. So we find ourselves involving ourselves in something 
that belongs to God himself, the creator, the maker of it all. And guess what? I'm going to read what the narrative spoke about what he did. With the point of my scissors, I snipped the confining threads to make the exit just a a very little easier and low. Immediately and with perfect in our minds, ease out crawled my moth dragging a huge swollen body and little shriveled wings in vain I watched to see that marvelous process of expansion in which these silently and swiftly developed before one's eyes and as I traced the exquisite spots and makings of diverse colors which were on all there in miniature I longed to see these assume their due proportions and the creature to appear in all its perfect beauty. As it is, in truth, one of the loveliest of its kind. But, and again, but I looked in vain. My false tenderness had proved its ruin. Have we ever done that? Yes, there's no question that we have. We've put our hands on something that was already having its own process. Yet, we distorted and destroyed the completion and the beauty of what would transpire from the process if we had left it alone. And it goes to say, as the narrator is speaking, it never was anything but a stunted abortion. Mm. Have we gone so far as to killing off a blessing that God has created just for us? Have we brought forth an aborted blessing because we decided to tinker on it, making good of trying to get it quicker than the time that it was allowed and assigned to be. He goes on to say, as It never was anything but a stunted abortion crawling painfully through that brief life which it should have spent flying through the air on rainbow wings. 
I have thought of it often, often when watching with pitiful eyes those who were struggling with sorrow, suffering, and distress. And I would fain cut short the discipline and give deliverance. Short-sighted man. How know I that one of these pangs or groans could be spared? That is something that we do. We see the pangs, we see the groans going forth in a situation. And of course, in our own human minds, we think that we're going to assist by helping it out when many times those pains and those groans need to be present to bring forth the completion of what God has in store. Yet, we try to jump in and do a thing that God did not ask us to do. The far-sighted, perfect love that seeks the perfection of its object does not weakly shrink from present, transient suffering. Our Father's love is too true to be weak. Yet, many of us Because of the fact that they are and we are observing things that seemingly seem to be a struggle. God knows the truth of the matter. And he is not ever and will never be on the weakest side of any source or part of any kind of situation as this is our father's love is too true because the weak part is ourselves the truth of the matter is that we won't allow the pains and the groans to take place in our lives or family members' lives or people around us that are going through because we are uh, many times seeing that as compassion. Uh, So we try to use our compassion to assist. But if it's not in God's order for you to do so, the best thing that we should do is ask the Father, do I need to be a part of this? Pray about it. Don't just jump all in because what you may find yourself doing is aborting a blessing. Then it says here, because he loves his children, meaning God, he chastises them that they may be partakers of his holiness. With this glorious end in view, He spares not for their crying. 
made perfect through sufferings as the elder brother was, the sons of God are trained up to obedience and brought to glory through much tribulation. Now, I read this in 2011, and my comment as this uh, narrator's comment has a note spot. And so, um, as I continued and looked at this message, it gave me something. It brought something to my spirit to remember. And this is what I wrote. This message is truly inspiring. I will forever remember this lesson as one to know that hurrying something instead of allowing the time it is due to have will ruin the process of its success. Well, we've done that so many times that we've found ourselves to where we have to start over again or make good of what mess we've had and kind of wipe it up and allow that spilled milk to just be a reminder of how we won't do it again and so on and so on. But we should always know this. God has not forsaken any actions of doing. Nature has a course. Human beings that go through tests to receive a testimony have to go through something to get to the testimony. So whether it be a long time of pain and groans or a short time of pain and groans, there has to be some suffering for success. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level of life you're living on. Whether you be on top now, there was some point at one's life where they were at the bottom and there was a struggle there. There was pain and moan and groans there. There was doubt there. But yet they pushed forward. But they didn't try to recreate the existence of the tribulation. Because if they had, they would still be in it. They trudged through and made good of knowing that that was all that was needed because God has a bigger and better plan for us. So I just wanted to share that this one is a good one. Make good of knowing and pondering on this word today as I have pondered it for the past 10 years in knowing process means success when you leave it alone and you allow God to bring it forth because he's already designed it. He knows what's going to happen from the beginning to the middle to the end. I pray that this message be of 
nothing but a blessing and a thought process that will get you back in order. If you see the cocoon, make good of saying, oh, Father, thank you for allowing this moth or butterfly to bring its beauty forth. And I pray that one day, once it does come out, that I will have the opportunity of being able to see the beauty of it once it flies out of its wrapped up cocoon. You don't need to touch it. You don't need to help it. All you need to do is praise God and the beauty of it. Have an awesome and wonderful, blessed, yet again, merciful day from our Father. And I pray that you have a safe and a protected love to the next moment of breath that God brings forth for you and I.